I'm Cameron DeVazier. And I'm Mark Howard. And this is Talking Points. We're in our quarter about making friends for God. This week, lesson six, unlimited possibilities. What a grand title for this week's lesson. Yeah, absolutely. Unlimited possibilities. It's drawn from that statement in Ministry of Healing that's there on Sabbath, after, Sabbath afternoon's lesson. There is no limit to the usefulness of one who, putting self aside, makes room for the working of the Holy Spirit upon his heart and lives a life wholly consecrated to God. Mm, amen. So clearly we're going to talk about uh, the work that God wants to do through us and the gifts he's given us to accomplish that. Through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to dive into a study here in just a moment. Um, any other preambles that we need to get no, through No, let's this pray week? and just dive right need in. some prayer on this week's lesson. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is one of those that we might have uh, some... I, I don't want to say corrective, but we might take a, a little slightly different perspective and maybe we approach the topic. We may have a topic. few talking points on this. Exactly, we might. So <laughs> let's dedicate ourselves to the Lord before we get into this. Let's bow our heads together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to study and to share your word. Help us to know how to do it. Help us to understand from your word what you have given us to do and the abilities and gifts you've empowered us with. Please, Lord, help each one of us to do our duty faithfully until you come, for we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, this week's quarterly is on gifts of the Holy Spirit, and mm -hmm. one of the challenges we run into, I'll share a couple, twofold. Number one, um, we borrow a lot of the, I don't want to say theology, but the practical aspects from evangelicalism. Mm -hmm. This whole, I don't know how many of our viewers have taken spiritual gifts inventories or mm -hmm. tests, tests to see which yeah. gifts they have, Surveys, which is yeah. not something that really originated with us as Seventh-day Adventists, and I think there's a reason for that. And personally being involved in the training of people for soul winning, um, oftentimes gifts of the Spirit, the idea of spiritual gifts is used to, um, to exempt us mm. from uh, witnessing, for right. example. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, one of the most common uh, excuses you get from people when it comes to any kind of witnessing is, well, I, that's not my spiritual gift. Right. And so that therein, now the, the, the contributor of the lesson does not go down that road. In fact, but, he goes out of his way to not go down that road, especially there on the Sabbath afternoon. I don't know if we want to dive right into yes. this, but it says, the, right from the opening, the opening line, it says, God calls us to witness for him. Witnessing is not a special spiritual gift that only a select few possess. Witnessing is the divine calling of each Christian. So right from the outset, it's, you can tell that the contributor here, Elder Finley, anticipates that argument. Yes. That some are going to say, well, witnessing is a spiritual gift. So spiritual gifts, a whole lesson about it is great, but it's for somebody else. Yes. When the idea, he hits right at the beginning that witnessing is not listed in the Bible as a spiritual gift. Right. And you need to understand whether a teacher or a student in a class that we tend to read into the lesson what we want it to say. And so now. even though Elder Finley has done, has tried to avoid that pitfall, yet many people will come away from this saying, oh, well, you know, it's just, I, I'm glad you guys are going out door to door. That It's not so my they thing. Could, so you're saying that there could be a possibility that this, this week's lesson, when it's taught or discussed in the Sabbath school class, you could open with that very clear sentiment. Yes. And by the end, you get to the lesson study. People are like, well, clearly, spiritual spiritual has become a spiritual <laughs> gift. So we want to make sure to be clear about that all the way through our, our instruction today. Yes. So going through the lesson this week, um, we, the three 
our three points, key points, our takeaways from this are, number one, every believer receives gifts through the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. okay? And we'll, we'll highlight the areas of the lesson that bring that out. Number two, spiritual gifts are given for service. They're not just given. There's a right. specific reason. Or to reason. edify your own personal life. Right. right. It's it's for service, right? So that's reason number two. Spiritual gifts are given for service. And finally, um, we're going to talk about discovering and developing your spiritual gifts. And the language is a little loaded, and you'll see what we may yeah. mean by that in a minute. But let's start out with uh, every number believer one, yeah. receives gifts through the Spirit. The lesson uh, makes the point, and I believe this is on Monday, where it talks about um, down at the bottom of the page, Acts chapter 10, Matthew 3.16, Acts 2.38. Um, Acts 10 and Matthew 3 both talk about Jesus receiving the Holy Spirit at his baptism. Mm-hmm. And then likewise, Acts 2 talks about the believers receiving the Holy Spirit at his baptism, at their baptism. Mm-hmm. And so each one of us receives the Holy Spirit, and this is a little bit dicey. I get, I get. What does it mean to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, no, that's not yeah. what I mean. What I mean is, you, there's there's water baptism and there's spirit baptism, and they don't always happen at the same time. Mm. Uh, sp- spirit baptism is conversion. D- being dipped in the water does not convert you. Right. And I was converted before I was baptized in the water. Mm-hmm. And I received the Holy Spirit thus before I was baptized in the water. And I think following through the water decision. The expectation uh, the, is that your conversion will immediately follow to your baptism, that they yeah. wouldn't be too distinct. I just, yeah. I think we, we need to be careful not to make a recipe that, well, this is exactly how it's going to work, and yeah. you're going to receive Jesus, you go into the water, and as soon as you, so come, you come out of the water, you're going to have this power, yeah. and, and you may receive those gifts beforehand. But the, the point of the lesson is that the Holy Spirit is received at the beginning of the Christian walk. Right. And then the gifts come through the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 brings out that the Holy Spirit gives to each one individually as he will. So the Holy Spirit's in charge. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's so much that can be said about that. Right. Uh, you know, the Spirit, and we, I think we talked about this a little bit in our discussion, there's some people who think the Spirit is something they tap into and, and channel mm. versus the Spirit tapping on into us and channeling us. The Spirit's the one that's in charge. Amen. He gives the gifts, and he gives them as he sees fit. Well, and he's in charge of the entire Christian experience when we that's come to right. Christ. So, for instance, he's the one who leads you to Christ, He's the one who convicts of sin. He's the one who leads you into all truth. And he's the That's one right. who empowers you and gifts you and sends you forth on mission. Or So to try to separate the gifts from the Spirit or in any other, or categorize the process of it, this entire Christian experience is Spirit-led. And in this lesson, we're talking about sh- making friends for God, how to share our faith. And so we're looking specifically at the role of the Holy Spirit to encourage yes. and empower us to share our faith. And you're going to note... Our language is careful in this. <laughs> I, I, when I started this out, I had, what did I have? Every believer receives a spiritual gift. And then I, I didn't want it to be, you know, we get into this like we receive a gift, right. two gifts, five gifts. Right. Well, I've know, got hospitality, so everything else it, must be on you or something like that. Yeah, it's a little bit too, um, it's, it's a little bit. Is it presumptuous for f- us to try to dictate so much of the... So I felt more comfortable saying, when we're 
baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. We receive spiritual gifts. But we talked about this before. We receive the gifts in the reception of the Spirit. That's like right. the Spirit possesses all power and all the gifts. Right. And he gives us, again, as 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, as, as he, he wills, wills. And he does it individually. Yes. So... And that's why it says he gives to each one as he will. So he's the one who looks at the need of the mission. He looks at the, the missionary. He knows the gifts that are needed. And we shouldn't be expecting that we're all going to have these gifts. And we're going to, anyway, we don't want right. to get into all and that. And if but. I were teaching a class on this, I would make that first part, that point. Uh, I want to show the harmony with the lesson, but I would move on quickly. Mm. I wouldn't leave it for a whole lot of discussion because you're going to get into all and kinds of... You're going to get some discussion, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and probably detracting from the point that really we're trying to get at. Uh, the overarching theme of the lesson this quarter is witnessing. Right. And so, again, spiritual gifts for a lot of people is getting away from witnessing. <laughs> so we want to keep it in the context of the witnessing. First point, Every believer receives gifts through the Holy Spirit. Which now I think it'd be a good time probably to segue to point two. Yes. The spiritual gifts are given for service. Because sometimes when we talk about spiritual gifts, especially in our evangelical friends, yes. spiritual gifts are the evidence that you've received Christ in your That's own life right. personally. And that, and whether it's the speaking in tongues or some, or some mm -hmm. other, you know, ecstatic, whatever thing, that it we forget that the whole purpose of the gifts, it's like a tool to do a job. Yes. Right. So... If you're not focused on the job, you're not getting the tool. The tool and the job are tied together. Right. Where sometimes we try to separate the gift from the mission or the tool from the job and say, I've got this tool, I've got this thing, and it, and it we, we improves my life. Well, we make the spiritual gifts like a necklace or something, a mm, showy watch. Look, a charm, look, look yeah. I got this thing. No, something I show off and something like that serves no real purpose. Right. This is a, the gifts are, as you said, the gifts are, get, well, our key point, spiritual gifts are given for service. And we're going to... Go to Ephesians 4. Yeah, let's take a look and at Ephesians chapter 4. Honestly, this would be the bulk probably of the time I would be taking the class. We've Because it, it draws together the bulk of the lesson, really. Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, this is one of several places where the Apostle yes. Paul speaks about spiritual gifts and lists them out and, and, you know, breaks it down a little bit. Right. And specifically verse 11, now I'm reading from the New King James Version here, and it says, And he himself, that would specifically be of Jesus, right? gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Now, one of the points, if I were teaching this lesson, I would highlight in verse 11 there, is clearly when you have the word some, that denotes that not everyone is a pastor, not That's everyone right. is a prophet, right? But some are. But it would also lend it not just 50-50, that a majority of your church members are not. Yes. No, we shouldn't have the expect expectation that most people in the church are going to be evangelists and prophets. Some are, though. Mm -hmm. And what is the purpose of those responsibilities? It says in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, as you look at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, you, if, if you have different Bible translations, and this is absolutely not a lesson mm -hmm. on Bible translations, but just highlighting mm -hmm. the point that in the King James Version, that is rendered, as you read it with the commas there, right. for the perfecting of the saints, comma, for the work of ministry, comma, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So you so could you have three jobs. Exactly. You could think that, oh, pastors, teachers, evangelists, their job is to perfect the saints and to do the work of ministry and to build up right. the body of Christ. When the reality is the more correct understanding of it is verse here in the New King James or even the NIV, uh, where it talks about how the, the purpose of those spiritual responsibilities is verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Yeah. So that the, the leadership positions in the church 
are not to do the work of ministry per se, but they are to, beyond their own personal witness, they are to develop and encourage and organize the rest of the church in their spiritual right. work. Right? You preach a sermon on this called It's Time to Eat Grandpa. Yes, I do. And show about the placement of commas. Right. And well, first like, we talk about the thief on the cross. Exactly. Luke 23, 43 mm. is very famous. If you move the comma one spot, it changes radically our belief on the state but of the I dead. I think your sermon is It's Time to Eat Grandpa. There's a great big difference or between... Or It's Time to Eat Comma. Grandpa. Exactly, it's time to eat grandpa <laughs> is very different than it's time to eat grandpa. But in yeah. this passage, we see... The problem very... comma comes whenever, mm -hmm. if you read it, especially in the King James Version, you could get the impression that those are three distinct jobs. All of the right. responsibility falls to those leaders. When the reality, the leaders are there to get us to do our job. And, and, and the point being that the spiritual gifts, very clearly, mm -hmm. in, in that reading, is that he gave some to be, etc. These spiritual gifts were given for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Right. In other words, to further the mission of the church. Right, to build That's up the why church. The gifts and who's supposed to do given. it? The members of the church, as they do ministry, encouraged right. and trained and equipped by those. So that overarching theme needs to be held on to in yes. this lesson that spiritual gifts are in the context of ministry. And I like to add that uh, there are four places in the Bible in the New Testament that list out spiritual gifts. Yes. Okay? Romans chapter 12 has a list. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 has two lists. One is found in verses 8 through 10, and the mm -hmm. other 28 through 30, roughly. I mean, you could tie in some other. And then Ephesians 4, where we're reading right here, that's it. And every one of these lists is always given in the setting of the work of the church. Not individual, right, not right. personal, not that there's not any tie in there. But the point is, the, the, they're given in the context of the mission of the church because right. they were given to fulfill the mission of right. the church. Right, and you got to remember the church is the body of Christ. So if they're given to one person, it's Christ himself who is the body. And we all make up, as Paul over and over says, we have the, the one body with many members, and we each have contributing, or as right. you pay, complementary roles in that corporate work. Right, and I think we made this point last quarter when we talked about the gift of prophecy, Elmite's role in the Bible, etc., mm -hmm. that in Ephesians 4 it says some evangelists, some apostles, some prophets, etc. Um, and there are people today, there are Christians today, say, well, there are no prophets in today's church. And we ask the question, what sense would it make for God to give gifts to fulfill the mission of the church, and then before the mission was fulfilled, Withdraw the take gifts. the gifts away? <laughs> yeah. So again, just the understanding the connection between spiritual gifts and the mission of the church is crucial. Mm -hmm. Well, let's continue with that theme, the idea there that spiritual gifts are complementary, that they're inside of that corporate setting where yes. spiritual gifts are given, that the gifts, varied as they are, are all to work in harmony and all in concert with one another for the furtherance of one single purpose. Right. right. So as Paul, you know, so the, the, Paul uses and the lesson draws this out, 1 Corinthians 12, where he's talking about the church is like the body right. with many parts. You've got your fingers, you've got your eyes, you've got your ears. They don't all have the same function but they all contribute to the same overall function. Mm -hmm. In other words, when I determine to do something in my mind, I use my hands to do it, my eyes to do it, my ears to do it, all work together, and no part is insignificant. Well, and that's the point that Paul emphasizes in 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse 20 through mm -hmm. 22. It says, But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor, uh, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Now, listen carefully verse mm -hmm. 22. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Now, oftentimes we talk about spiritual gifts, or especially in the context of sharing our faith or witnessing or soul winning, 
we think of a Mark Finley. We think of the upfront evangelist, yes. and that's where the real heavy burden is. But according to this, the work of the with the work of the body of Christ, which is to give the gospel to the world, is not limited only to those special feature hands or feet or right. faith. But there's organs inside that may not get the frontline mm -hmm. attention. But they're not just encouraged and acceptable. They're according to the Bible necessary. That the behind the scenes ministry, the individual labor that doesn't get all the press, is just as required and necessary for the furtherance and finishing of the work as is the upfront evangelist. That's right. And and we need to interject here because when we talk about this, I know the tendency is to say, oh, I'm so glad you said that because I'm not an evangelist or anything like right. that. I'm totally, and so I'm exempt from the work of soul winning and witnessing. Right. right. No, a person may be behind the scenes, but we need behind the scenes people involved right. in Bible studies and scheduling them and evangelistic meetings. And other. Yeah. So, but like when you eat food and stuff, it's that behind the scenes stuff that breaks it down and gives it in right. his life. And, and when you had those public evangelistic meetings, it's that personal labor, that individual work by, right. by dedicated church members that actually brings the work to fruition. It's necessary. So the spiritual gifts are complementary. And then the lesson brings out the idea also that gifts may be, um, and I'm using language, some from the lesson and some from a quote that uh, uh, Ellen White, that the lesson refers to that some gifts may be natural and some acquired. Mm -hmm. In other words, mm -hmm. there are gifts that we receive. Well, let me read this quote, and then we can comment on it. Press Object Lessons 328 says, The special gifts of the Spirit are not the only talents represented in the parable of the talents, which the mm -hmm. lesson brings out. It includes all gifts and endowments, whether original or acquired, natural or spiritual. So this would natural or original is what I'm born with. We all have talents right. that we're born with. Those come from God as well. Mm -hmm. But then there are those that are bestowed on us, as we talked about, I don't know, in one of our previous week's lessons, talked about the gift of tongues and how the right. Holy Spirit gave the gift of tongues and immediately the apostles could speak in languages that right. they were before that point unacquainted with. Mm -hmm. So that's that's a, a bit uh, a, an acquired mm -hmm. or a, it's attained, know, a spiritual it's given gift. To them. Yeah. But there are also those natural talents. In becoming, go, the statement goes on to say, in becoming his disciples, we surrender ourselves to him with all that we are and have. These gifts he returns to us, purified and ennobled, to be used for his glory in blessing our fellow men. Talking especially of the right. Uh, well, natural to me, that tells gifts. me also not only that even if I don't have a supernatural gift from God, that doesn't exempt me because I might have some natural abilities that I'm to use for his glory. So whether it's natural, inherited, or right. supernatural given, we have a responsibility to witness for the Lord and to share the gospel. Well, I think of, personally, I have a mechanical aptitude that I ended up using that, working as an electrician mm -hmm. and, and working with my hands. And, and that can be developed mm -hmm. also. I guess every gift can be developed to a degree. But then uh, that would be one of those original Right. Talents. But I also believe I received the spiritual gift of teaching mm -hmm. from a standpoint of, I remember when I first became a Christian and I would try to explain to people. And I still remember a time when a good friend of mine, my wife and I were sitting with this person and I'm trying to explain and he looks at my wife and says, can you try to tell me what he's saying? I don't understand a word <laughs> of it. And the Lord has helped me. I'm not going to say I'm the greatest teacher, but I've, 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 I went from not being able to explain anything articulately to now at least being able to, people don't mm -hmm. totally scratch their heads when I'm talking. <laughs> and so those are just an example of the two right. different kinds of gifts. Mm -hmm. So all of that said, um, all of those gifts are for a purpose, and that purpose is the mission of the church. Exactly. 
And that leads us to um, the last point that we have, and that's discovering and developing your spiritual gifts. Now, and you we're drawing from the lesson on, because the yeah. lesson says that. That's the title fact, of it. Wednesday's, Wednesday's, Wednesday's lesson is titled that. And you and I read our lessons independently. And the when we came together, both of us had questions about the verbiage here, the language yes. about discovering your gifts. And I was thinking, maybe we should talk about recognizing them or utilizing them or maximizing them. Um, or you were, t I think you were talking about enhancing them or something like that. But to me, the issue with discovering places the location inside of me and yes. I have to dig down in me and if I'm just reflective enough or take a survey that's a, it's yes. insightful enough that I'll discover oh, I have the gift of tongues yeah. or something like that. When well, the, well, for example, more practically, um, well, I don't want to say more practically, but when in the context of, oh, witnessing isn't my gift, a lot of people have told me that, you probably heard the same mm -hmm. thing, because it's something they're uncomfortable with and the right. mindset is when I take these tests, that it's an aptitude test, and it's what I what, what I, I feel, naturally lean towards. Yes, right. what I lean towards, which can be true in terms of original talent. Sure, but because we feel uncomfortable with something is not an indication that it's not our gift. In fact, it's often an indication of what we really need to be doing. It's just mm. a battle of the flesh and the spirit. That's exactly right. I haven't, or something, and you've made the point before that if you don't do well at something, is that a Evidence. You need to do it less? Yeah. No, it's evidence you need like, to I do don't, it more. I don't, do, I don't give good Bible studies. Oh, that means you should do less of them? No, do right. more and get good at it. Well, and the reason people may not give good Bible studies isn't because they've tried and failed so many times. It's because they haven't tried at all, and it seems scary, and they yes. just scared. So a lot of times when we talk about spiritual gifts, what we mean is, what are your natural interests? Nothing wrong with natural interests, and we should use those for God's glory. Yes. But spiritual gifts are given, they're not grown. Right, well, one saying, of the things that uh, homiletics teachers, some homiletics teachers will say is that John Wesley was a great preacher. He preached five sermons a day. And the follow-up is, did he preach five sermons a day because he was a great preacher? Or was he a great preacher because, <laughs> because he, he preached five, five sermons, sermons a day? And yeah. anybody can tell you who's done ministry that the more you do it, the more you learn. In well, fact, I've got a yeah. great statement to that effect that we'll come to in a moment. Probably pastors, I'm guessing, and maybe even Sabbath school teachers are feeling a little rusty right now, I'm guessing, because of the closing of churches. Yes. If you've been out of something even for a few weeks or months, you know, you get back into it and it feels something you've been very adept at before all of a sudden becomes awkward. And it's not because you've lost the gift. It's just mm -hmm. because you've neglected the gift, which is a biblical concept. Yes. You can neglect something and it become you know, difficult. Well, so let's talk about the, the, the particular aspect of, you know, for example, the lesson brings up in Tuesday at the bottom of the page, the function of all spiritual leadership is to assist each member in discovering their spiritual gifts and teach them to use these gifts in building up the body of Christ. I can say as a pastor, I've never guided members in finding out their spiritual gifts. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's a defect in my ministry, but mm -hmm. I just, there's there's something in here that to me becomes a uh, almost presumptuous for, for it, it's, we almost get into dictating to God and we, and then, or determining like, oh, you've got this gift and this gift versus it almost limits the Holy Spirit with what he wants to do. And I've always mm. given this example. Let's say you find yourself in some remote area, and it's just you and somebody else who doesn't speak your language. Can the Holy Spirit give you the gift of tongues? Or, mm -hmm. or do you have to say, eh, my baptism, that was one of the gifts I had. And that man never goes on. Or got... I believe the Spirit will give the gift that's needed he gives to each person as he wills. That's right. And I, think, and I like to put the emphasis on the Lord instead of me doing this test or figuring out mm -hmm. and looking at my aptitude. 
because we have evidences in scripture, we have evidence of the spirit of prophecy where the Lord has even given aptitude to people who didn't have it mm -hmm. when it was needed. Well, and I like what you kind of explained there has how when I got baptized and received the Holy Spirit at my conversion, right? What you got was not just a, a limited tool right. basket of gifts, but the reality is you have access to uh, to the Lord himself through his Holy Spirit's power yes. and that he is all-knowing, he is all-powerful, he knows the end from the beginning, he can equip you as he sees fit that's and that's right. what the Bible teaches. And so instead of saying, I have this or I have that, what you have is a living connection with the Holy Spirit who instructs you to go somewhere, he equips you to do the work, that's all right. of his biddings are enablings, we know these statements. So the real gift, singular, is the Holy Spirit itself, access to that divine power that then he enables for the Lord's glory. And so instead of yes. limiting it to like, I do or don't have the gift, what we should say is I want to be connected with the Holy Spirit and go about the errands that he sends me on, trusting that he will equip me for all that I need. Yes, and, and uh, on Wednesday's lesson, paragraph two, they bring this quote up from Christ's Object Lessons 327 that says, the gifts are already ours in Christ, but their actual possession depends upon our reception of the Spirit of God. And I there believe that's kind of what you're saying there. That, yes. that the gift, we have the package in Christ. And the, and the Spirit will give us what we need. And, you know, the lesson brings up um, asking God about our spiritual gifts. And that's fine. Sure. But, but from my experience, rather than the Lord saying, well, you have the gift of hospitality. Mm -hmm. Well, you have the gift of teaching. What's going to happen is the Lord's going to tap you on the shoulder because there's an opening in Sabbath school where they need some mm -hmm. help. And then and you haven't done it before, but you go in and you're like, hey, I'm willing to volunteer. And as you go and offer yourself in ministry, you'll find that the mm -hmm, Lord equips mm -hmm. you to do that kind of thing. Now, I'm not saying the Lord may not say, you know, this is your gift right here. But typically, as I said, in my experience and as I've worked with others, it's more the Lord gives you this direction. Yes. And then as you go that direction and you meet specific needs, you have the gifts you need. How many times have we had this conversation, especially with young people, when they thought, I want to know the Lord's will for my life. Yes. I want to discover the path he has for me. And it's not like, well, if you pray hard enough, someday he's going to wake up and you'll be a note on your pillow and you'll be ready. Yeah. It, but how he leads you is You get to, a text and say, oh, oh God texted. This is God <laughs> exactly. and this is your, my right. will for you. It would be nice if that were to happen. But we, we kind of have a parallel with knowing God's will with also receiving yes. the gifts. Then that like, if I pray and then I just passively wait, he will inform or he will instruct. Yes. When the reality is he guides through a knowledge of his word and through the circumstances of life, as you go, you get. And so I think of the paralytic, you know, like he didn't yes. wait to feel the healing. He just obeyed. Right. And in the acting, the gift was given. The healing was given. So, yes. Anyway. And, and, and you had mentioned, for example, and we talked about the lesson talks about how gifts can be developed. You've got the parable of talents. Mm -hmm. and, and it's interesting that the Lord in the parable gave to each individual what he knew they could handle. Mm. So it, it's, we can never say, well, I just can't, the Lord's called me, what he's called me to do is too much for me. No. no. <laughs> and when you do what the Lord has called you to do, he will increase those abilities. And I think of this statement, it's one of my absolute favorites from the book Education, page 268. It says, in this work, speaking about this work of soul winning, as in every other, skill is gained in the work itself. Mm. It is by training in the common duties of life and in ministry to the needy and the suffering that efficiency is assured. Yes. Without this, the best meant efforts are often useless and even harmful. Mm. It is in the water, not on the land, that men learn to swim. Powerful quote. Yeah, and what a practical, yeah, it, 
as we work at it and as we go where God leads, we'll develop the, yes. the and God will develop those gifts in us. So there's there's not just receiving of the gifts, but there's a development. But what of the you do in. with it, and Paul That's repeatedly right. affirms that in First Corinthians fourteen verse thirty two, he talks about how even prophets, the spirit of the prophets, is subject to the prophet himself. That's right. He can refuse. I think of Hayes and Foss in our Adventist history. Yeah. He was given the gift that he, he didn't, didn't use, have to, right. and, it, and it was taken away. You think of his counsel in First Timothy chapter four, where he says, "Do not neglect the gift yes, that is in 14. you." Yeah, verse fourteen. And the idea being, you could have spiritual gifts and still not put them to use. That's right. Right, and so that's we still have to have that relationship with Christ, where we'll agree to go on God's errands, and He will equip us for the journey. Yeah, absolutely. So I would I would be leaning towards, um, as I you know this whole lesson, but especially in the conclusion, rather than worrying so much about what your gift is, make sure you're active yes. in the cause of. Uh, yes. If somebody's already active and they're asking these questions, that's not near as much as a concern. But I, I know a lot of people that are kind of standing back and waiting for that special, mm. you know. Shall we read this final quote before we close yes, with prayer? Yes, absolutely. To everyone, this is from uh, second volume of the Testimonies, page 281. To everyone there is given a work to do for the master. To each of his servants are committed special gifts or talents. Every servant has some trust for which he is responsible, and the varied trusts are proportioned to our varied capabilities. In dispensing his gifts, God has not dealt with partiality. He has distributed the talents according to the known powers of his servants, and he expects corresponding returns. That's right. Powerful thought. Go to work. Go to work. Go to work, and the Lord will multiply his grace toward you. Amen. Can you give us a word of prayer as we close? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I do ask that you would bless our teachers and students as they uh, take some of these things we've discussed here and share them in class. Um, I pray, Lord, that we would have open hearts and minds, that your Spirit could teach us and guide us, and, Lord, that we wouldn't limit ourselves by limiting what you can do with us through spiritual gifts, mm. but understand that that as we go and offer ourselves fully to service for you, that we will have the gifts we need at the time we need them. Father, thank you so much for your grace and your mercy toward us. We love you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.